Good day to you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Film Focus, episode 129, the review for Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. There, ladies and gentlemen of the North, South, East, and West, and welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I am your host, the Hypersonic 55, and I'm glad that you decided to join me once again for some film related discussion. And today, baby, today, finally getting to talk about that Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, man. I have been waiting for this film for ages because if you didn't know already, I am a big fan of martial arts films not only from their origins in Asia, but also certain films that have been made over here in the West as well. And while the genre never technically went away, you could definitely tell for a while after, like, I'd say the mid to late 2000s, they all sort of just dropped off the face of the planet in terms of having, um, you know, noteworthy releases over here. Until around the time The Raid came out, with The Raid films, there was sort of like a bit of a reignition of interest in martial arts. And then when you had the John Wick films, that sort of popularized the style of martial arts mixed in with gunfighting at least in the west that reignited like the interest again and slowly but surely we've seen a few more films whether they were like director streaming or on demand there, there's been a resurgence again especially with like the Ip Man series carrying that torch since about 2008 up until the last film that came out in I think it was 2019 and now we got onto the point where we finally have a martial arts film happening within the superhero genre we were supposed to have something like that with that Netflix show that we don't like to talk about, Iron Fist, but clearly there was a bunch of issues that went with that show in terms of it being rushed, having the wrong, um, you know, uh, showrunner, and um, just people not being willing to put in the effort for that, so <sighs> still burns. But when I found out Marvel were going to bring Shang-Chi into the live-action fold, I was hyped. And then I was even more hyped when I found out about Simu Liu, because... I was aware of this guy online, but I'd never checked out any of his work. But then I saw that first season of that show, Blood and Water, and I knew immediately he was going to be great in this film because if you've seen his acting in that show, he was incredible. And, you know, I don't want to skip into the character department already, but this guy does really well in this film. Yeah, I'm just going to say it straight up. I had a damn good time with Shang-Chi. It was everything I wanted and then some. There were some nice surprises and... Yeah, man, it was just good. There's definitely some things I can nitpick about it, but overall, it was a really good time, man, and I'm going to tell you why in this spoiler-free review. So as per usual with these things, we talk about the story, characters, presentation, and the overall conclusion. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump in. All right, so the plot for this film could be summed up as the following. Shang-Chi was raised from a young age to be an assassin. However, at an early point in his childhood, he decided to run away and create a new life for himself under the name Sean. Now living in America, he works as a valet along with his best friend Katie, and they live a happy-go-lucky, carefree kind of life just doing their thing. However, one day they get attacked by men from the evil organization known as the Ten Rings. With Shang-Chi fearing what will happen next, he decides to confront his past by going to track down not only his sister but his father and deal with the issues past and present. And that is a way for me to sum up the film without going into the area of spoilers. 
for me, I really had a good time with this plot. It was familiar with certain MCU elements, but it definitely had a different flavour. I enjoyed how much of a personal story this was between the main characters who were all connected through love, pain and loss. This was not only Shang-Chi's journey, but it was also the story of his father as well. He was given a great deal of screen time, so we got to understand his backstory and plans and motivations. And I also liked the themes related to love and loss, identity, regret, revenge, running away from your past and forging your own path. Also, the humour in this film was pretty solid. Not crazy funny, but pretty decent, and it didn't come at the expense of the serious moments. And I also loved, just like Black Panther, how this film was able to introduce us not only to a new superhero, but also allow the audience to see a bit of the culture and traditions. Some of it was subtle, and some of it was part of the plot. And yet it didn't feel forced, it naturally flowed into the scenes, and I really enjoyed just that natural kind of insight into that world. And another thing I really enjoyed about this story was that it was mostly self-contained. So you can technically watch this without having seen the whole back catalogue of the MCU beforehand. Sure, there's a few things in terms of lines of dialogue or reference events that will go over your head, but nothing that will be detrimental to your viewing experience. So if I had any nitpicks slash grievances about the film, I would say it'd be down to a couple things. One is the pacing. The film moved at a pretty decent pace up until around midpoint of the film where it slowed down for some necessary character and story elements. And while it didn't bother me, it was just one of those sort of things that was notable in the back of my head. And the other thing would be is that this film did such a great job of establishing its world, its characters, and doing all these sort of unique elements that when you got to the final act of the film, while there were still unique things happening, I felt like it move back into that more comfortable slash standard MCU fare, which I know for some people will be fine, but for me, I was just like, I was kind of liking more of what you were doing in the first half. While not a deal breaker, it was just like, you know, something that, you know, I didn't enjoy as much. But overall, I was having a damn good time with this film. It was cool to step into this corner of the MCU and learn about this world, its mythology, culture, and all that kind of stuff. It was so nice. All right, now it's time to talk about the characters, and I quite enjoyed them all. So let's start with the titular character, Shang-Chi, played by Simu Liu. As I said before, I have liked Simu Liu since I saw him in Blood and Water. He was really good in that show, and he definitely brought some of that dramatic depth to this role as well. This is definitely a more light-hearted role, but we get to see a nice variety of him. We get to see him happy and jokey, but we also get to see him sad, reserved, aggressive, and learning about his past, seeing the relationship he had with his family before he left and then after he left to go to America to try and forget about his past, and then seeing how running into his father and his sister again brought up different memories and how that changes his dynamic with Katie, his best friend now, there's a nice crazy amount of stuff going on with him. He is fairly normal looking on the surface, but then when you get to see him fight, but then you also learn about the life he had prior to coming to America, there is so much more depth going on with this guy. And I really liked how there was a nice subtlety to lose performance, but there was also so much charisma and energy coming from him, especially when it came to the physicality of the role. That's the word I'm trying to get out here. Lou was great and he was wonderful. And then you have Tony Leung as, for all intents and purposes, he's technically the Mandarin. So we're just going to call him Mandarin here. They did a really good job of updating the character from the comics to give him a heck of a lot more depth and 
turning him into a character. He wasn't just a cardboard cutout basic villain that we get from, you know, a lot of our other standard superhero fare. This was a guy who had a interesting life, lived for many years, utilizing the power of those rings to cause all sorts of chaos. But then once he found something that he wasn't expecting, his character changed. But then after the loss of what he loved the most, he changed again. And he has this really interesting dynamic with his son. And when you find out about what this guy's motivation and plans are, you kind of understand where he's coming from. And it's not just, you know, a bad guy that you see clearly in black and white. This is just bad and we need to take him out. There's some moral gray areas there and I love that. He's definitely the most interesting villain that we've had in the MCU since Thanos showed up. And then we have Aquafina as Katie Chain and I love her. Aquafina is definitely becoming one of my favorite people over the last like three years when I started to notice her in films. She just has that wonderful, cute, amazing energy and she plays off of everybody so well. And the humor that she brings to the film is adequate and appropriate for when it's used. You can see with a character and a personality as big as Aquafina, it'd be very easy just, just to make her like, you know, it's a joke machine. But she busts out jokes, but they're appropriate. But also there's a little bit more depth going on with her because Katie and Shang-Chi both are at this point in their lives where they feel a little directionless and rather than, you know, stick into a path that they're not going to enjoy they just want to cruise through life just doing what they want but once Katie is presented with some of these scenarios it requires her to you know focus in and then like you know was we'll it you know pick a path for herself and Lou and Aquafina bounce off each other so well they have such beautiful chemistry and it's that kind of friendship that you recognize in you know your own friend circles if you have that kind of thing with one of your besties it's just like this is wonderful. I love it. Also, the actress playing Shang-Chi's sister, I don't want to butcher that name, is it Menga Zhang as Zhao Ling? She was great. She was so good. Again, I'm butchering names, I apologize. But Shang-Chi's sister, I really liked her. Her story is pretty interesting considering the sort of fractured relationship she has with her brother due to what happened to them in the past. But she's also a badass herself. She has this whole interesting thing going on with her story. I just wish we got to see more of her in the film. Michelle Yeoh. Always good time to see Michelle Yeoh. She was great. I wish we got to see more of her as well. And yeah, there was a few other people here and there that like, you know, made their appearances known. Some unexpected faces showing up in this film. Again, I don't want to spoil anything, but... Oh my gosh, they they had a good time and they were pivotal to my enjoyment of this film. So basically, yeah, Simu Liu and Tony Leung would definitely be the standouts in this film. They had pretty much equal billing in terms of characters who had, you know, the most significance to the plot and I enjoyed them thoroughly. Alright, and now it's time to talk about the presentation and mate, this was really good. Visually, this film made some good choices when it came to the camera work cinematography so that you could see the action from a variety of angles but also at a distance from the actors. One of my pet peeves when it comes to western action films is that when they shoot hand-to-hand -hand combat scenes, it's always quick cut. You never know what the hell's going on because the camera's in too close and there's a lot of shaky cam and, you know, the action's cut so much that when punches and kicks are supposed to connect to people's body parts, it just doesn't look right. 
either you're confused or you just don't see it so there's no uh, point of impact it looks awful but this film smartly has the camera pulled back so you get to see these characters in full frame their whole bodies doing these punches and kicks and there are certain sequences where you do get to see longer takes of characters doing these punches and kicks and it rides that perfect line between looking like a dance but looking like something that's aggressive that could actually hurt somebody and it's also done in a variety of locations, whether they were interior or exterior, whether you're talking about the scene on the bus or the one in the building or one out in the field. There is a nice variety to the fights and even towards the latter side of the film where the magical slash fantasy elements start to come into play and you know you deal with a little bit more visual effects they do sort of ground it with a little bit more of that classic martial arts style that you like. However, I will say that the first half of the film was definitely more interesting to me because with hand-to-hand -hand combat it's always more fun when it's grounded and it's just two or three people literally punching the hell out of each other with form, positioning and that impact and crunch that you like and that first part of the film was great. Towards the latter side of the film it definitely steps into that more familiar Marvel territory where things get a little bit grander in scale, a little bit more bombastic and a little bit more CG heavy. And while I definitely enjoyed what they were doing with some of that material, as it was like fairly unique when it came to some of those fantastical elements and creatures and all that, at the same time, part of me misses the more intimate, more solo based things that you get with like, you know, classic martial arts films. And I know that's my preference, but I just wanted to say that as much as I do like some of these crazy, like, you know, battle sequences towards the end of, you know, Marvel films or superhero films in general, I do wish Marvel would just push the envelope a little bit more and keep trying to step outside of that, you know, comfort zone that they use when it comes to a lot of these action sequences. Again, that being said, I still had a lot of fun with some of the cool, unique and crazy imagery that was going on. And those 10 rings, even though they were changed from how they were in the comics, you know, being rings on the hands to being rings on your, like, you know, arms, those had some crazy cool abilities, man. And I'm not going to get into what they do with it, but some of that stuff gets really creative towards the end of the film. So I'm just like, yo, that's some cool shit. And then there's the film score by Joel P. West, which was actually quite nice as well. He's not a composer I'm aware of, but I did have a quick look of him online beforehand to see if he had worked on anything. And he'd worked on a couple movies that I'd heard of, but I haven't actually seen. But I would say this film score felt like a nice mixture of your standard orchestrated material, but with that classic, more traditional Asian sound that you'd expect from, you know, classic martial arts films. It brings a unique sound to the MCU, much like what happened with Thor Ragnarok or Black Panther. It's a different kind of sound, but it's a welcome kind of sound. And I was definitely enjoying some of these songs during some of the flashbacks and during the end credits as well. Some cool stuff. And also the music selection for this film was quite cool. And the song that was used in the um, first closing credit sequence, it was done by one of my favorite current artists. That was some cool stuff as well. So definitely check that out as well. So to conclude, in the end, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings was a damn good time and I would definitely recommend it. While there are definitely familiar elements that you would recognize from previous MCU films, it has an identity of its own which it presents in a wonderful way. The cast is great, the action is so nice, and the story has some cool and unique elements that I definitely don't want to spoil, but when you see them you'll just be like, yo, that is some good stuff. And this film basically did what I hoped it would, 
And this is basically the Asian equivalent of Black Panther, definitely bringing those stars and that culture to the forefront while bringing you some good superhero action. I wish it would have done a little bit more with certain plot and action elements as well, but those are like, you know, is it little nitpicks, man? I had a great time with this and I believe that you will too. So now I pass it on to you, ladies and gentlemen. Have you seen Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings? And if so, what do you think of it? Let me know in the comment section below or holler at me online where I'm at hypersonic 55 or at filmfocus55. Check us out on the Facebook and yeah, man, we're based on SoundCloud, but we also exist on iTunes, Spotify and what's the name of the other place? I think it's Anchor, but I haven't been back there for a bit, so um, don't quote me on that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, thank you for listening as always. And until the next time, this is the hypersonic 55 signing out. Peace. Thank mm-hmm. you.